Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. That is right. Journey into Paul's imagination, episode 26. We are back. Um, I know I probably sound a lot more enthusiastic, but I'm actually super depressed that my Disney cruise is over, but I'm excited to share all of the fun things that Lindsay and I experienced over the last week. Um, This episode will be a little bit different. I know that I haven't had an episode in two weeks, um, but unfortunately I will be holding off on some of the park news and entertainment news because I really just want to talk Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Dream, and everything that I experienced. So um, don't worry. Next week we will talk about all the updates about the Frozen section coming to Disney's Typhoon Lagoon, um, about Fantasmic that's reopening this week. Of course, we'll talk wine and dine uh, weekend, but really want to make this all about Disney Cruise Line and the Disney Dream because I have so much to talk about. Truthfully, when I thought about creating this podcast episode, I thought I'd go for two hours um, with guests, but I'm like, I don't know if that's as helpful. So what I'm going to do actually is you'll see on my Instagram every day from today's Sunday, I'm releasing the episode on a weird day too. I'm going to post each day of my trip going back to last week. Um, So there's a visual of everything and talk through everything. So I'm really excited. Hope you, you know, get, you know, enjoy this episode of the podcast and enjoy all that I, all the content that will be posted on Instagram this week. So let's get right into it. The Disney Dream five night trip to Castaway Key, Disney's private island in Cozumel, Mexico. Um, Little background. I have. This is my 10th cruise that I've ever been on. I've done eight Carnival, one Royal Caribbean. Um, and I, I just can't wait to talk about Disney Cruise Line because it's so different. I have everything kind of broken down into sections by food, by entertainment, by uh, service, and so on and so forth. So don't worry. We will cover it all. Um, and I, I can't wait to talk about it because the Disney Dream has so much to offer. Um, just to kind of, just so you're understanding my itinerary of what we, how our cruise is set up. We left out of Miami last Sunday or my apologies last Monday. Um, that was our, our first day. And then day two was at Castaway Key, Disney's private Island, which that night we then had our Halloween party on board, uh, as part of the Disney cruise line Halloween on the high seas. Then on Wednesday was our first day at sea. And then that Thursday was our stop at Cosmo, Mexico, which that night was also pirate night, followed by Friday night, which was our final day at sea and last full day on the Disney Dream. So much to talk about. Um, But I want to start off talking about like food and drinks. So I've been on, you know, I just mentioned I've been on eight carnival cruises, um, been on a Royal Caribbean cruise. I can confidently say that the food on Disney Cruise Line is so much better than the other two um, brands that I've been on. Just so much better. It's 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 even better than the parks. Um, Cabanas, which is the quick service location, which is buffet style up on the pool deck, is much better than any of the quick service locations in the parks. Um, honestly, I would argue that the food is just as good as some of the buffets at Walt Disney World. 
Um, so that was a treat to have. And I really enjoyed how different the buffet was every day. There was just always new things to try. Um, and then the sit-down locations, I mean, A, Disney Cruise Line is the only cruise line that has rotational dining, meaning there's three different dining rooms on the ship and you rotate with your servers coming with you. And the food is fantastic in all of them. I mean, when I really get into the nitty-gritty talking about them, you're going to see that there's not a major difference between the two. Um, I did include, by the way, all of these restaurants as part of my dining list. So I will actually rank them in comparison to other um, dinings at Walt Disney World, at Disneyland, at Disneyland Paris, just to see in comparison how good these dinings are. And I know some people think they're cruise food and they're standard, so they shouldn't be included, but I feel like they should, um, and I'm excited to talk through them. Um, so first, let's start off with like alcoholic drinks. A lot of people, the biggest downfall to Disney Cruise Line is the fact that there's no alcohol package. Um, and I was okay with that, although I would have probably liked an alcohol package on Disney Cruise Line because the drinks were so good. Um, we had a sail away drink once we left the port, which was delicious. Uh, obviously, getting pina coladas at sea were great. Um, all of the drinks were really good. Every day has a new drink of the day, both an alcoholic and a mocktail. So if you're not looking for alcoholic drinks, there's also mocktail options that were delicious. We tried a few, um, which were very good. So there's tons of drink options. You get your drink of the day and then, um, you get your, your alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink of the day. And then each restaurant has their own specialty drinks. Um, they were all very good. And honestly, the prices for them too were really good. Obviously, alcoholic drinks and mocktails you had to pay extra for. Um, but they were all reasonably priced. I would say between, honestly, around like 8 $9 per drink. So they were very good price-wise. Um, and also, they had happy hour on board. So there were times where you get drinks for three, four, five bucks, um, which you don't really see that on cruise lines that often. So that was that was nice to see. Um, I already talked about cabanas. One of the other quick service locations that I really liked was Flo's Cafe. That's also on the pool deck that serves your burgers. They have pizza. Um, and the pizza is your typical like cruise pizza. It was good. Um, the burgers, the sandwiches, they were good. And I mean, the chicken tenders, I didn't know this until really preparing for this cruise, but the chicken tenders on Disney Cruise Line are next level. They are so good. They're like the perfect crispy chicken tender that I just miss. I probably had about 30 chicken tenders on board. They were just absolutely delicious. Um, so the quick service was really good, but let's get into the sit-downs. So I talked about rotational dining. So on the Disney Dream, they have three different locations. They have Royal Palace, which Lindsay and I ate at twice, Animator's Palette, we ate at three times, and then Enchanted Garden, we ate at once. Um, so let me start off with Royal Palace. It was the restaurant we had first on our first night, and then we also had it on our um, pirate night. And a lot, I, you know, I talked to some people who felt that Royal Palace had the best food on board. Um, and I, I will say Royal Palace's food was very good. 
Um, it's themed as it's themed to basically showcase all of the princesses. Um, the ambiances it feels very typical, like stereotypical uh, cruise dining room with Disney princesses. But the food was very good there. Um, Animator's Palette is probably one of the best themed restaurants I've ever been in for Disney dining. It is themed like an animation studio. Um, the first night we ate there, it actually, you see them drawing out Finding Nemo, and then the characters come to life on um, on the screens, which is really cool. And then the second time we ate there, they were actually showing drawings of uh, renderings of Disney characters before they became what they became, which was really cool. Um, and then when we had breakfast our final morning, there actually wasn't any like theme on the screens, but overall it was just really cool to, uh, to experience the food at animators palette was probably my least favorite. Um, it was still very good, but I think out of the three animators palette probably had the weakest food, but the ambiance definitely picked up from it. And then there was enchanted garden, which feels very princess and the frog. Like, um, it very, uh, it almost feels like Tony's town square. Um, but with a lot of greenery, this to me had, was the perfect blend of ambiance and food. Um, there, I remember having a beef tenderloin medallions with hash browns, which are delicious. Probably one of my favorite dishes on the ship. Um, and then also one of the best desserts I ever had was a sticky date pudding. I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it was up there. Probably a top 10 Disney dessert I've ever had. Um, it was fantastic. It was really good. So those are the three uh, rotational dinings that we had, which were all fantastic. And then they also have two other dinings that are uh, available at an additional cost. There's Palo, which is uh, Italian-inspired. And then there's Remy's, which is French-inspired. Um, we did not experience Remy's. Um, we did eat at Palo Brunch, which I've heard nothing but great things. And... Palo brunch was one of the greatest meals I've ever had. It is adults only, so there's no children up there. Very elegant. The service is top notch. I mean, when we went up there for di for brunch, the first thing our server asks is, "May I call you by your first name?" Um, and that threw Lindsay and I both off because we're both casual people. Not really once be asked that, but um very upscale and the food was fantastic. Um, this is really the one meal that I can remember everything I ate. Um, there's at the rotational dinings. You can, I mean, you could order as much as you want at Palo too. It's just different. But, um, at Palo, they, you know, you start with the bread service, which is good. And you get antipasta, which is good. But then I started off with a, uh, an apple cinnamon pancakes, which, was the best Mickey waffle, or sorry, apple cinnamon waffle. It was the best Mickey waffle I've ever had in my life. It was so good. Um, it was just the perfect, like, oh my God, it was delicious. It was fantastic. Um, we also got as an appetizer the sausage pizza, which was probably the best Disney pizza I've ever had. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And then for both of our entrees, we had the chicken parmesan, which... It was nice because it wasn't your typical like crispy chicken parm. I don't know how to really explain it, but it was very good. The sauce was very good. 
It was over risotto, which was different. Um, and then we finished off with the molten lava cake. Uh, everything just at Palo was fantastic. It, it was very different. Um, at the three rotational dinings, they move a lot quicker than uh, dinings at other cruise lines. Uh, when I've been on Carnival and Royal, those dinners take about two, two and a half hours. While on Disney Cruise Line, they only took about an hour, um, which was nice, honestly. It it was enough time to to eat and experience everything, but not feel like it's being dragged out and you're missing out on the fun around the ship. Um, Palo is different. Palo uh, was a two-hour experience, very... Very calm, very relaxed. You know, you're not rushing anywhere. Um, it was really nice. So the easiest way for me to, you know, to explain all this is by ranking them. So I loved all these dinings, by the way. And you're going to hear by my ranking that, you know, the all the dinings were fantastic. Um, and by the way, I should specify too. Lunch and dinner was definitely the star of the show on the boat. I don't think breakfast was anything special. Um, I think breakfast, because we had breakfast at Animator's Palette, um, and we had breakfast in Cabana, Cabana's multiple days. Um, breakfast there, to me, was just very like standard Disney breakfast buffet, whereas lunch and dinner felt like you're, you know, a Disney dining. Um, so again... Not knocking any of these restaurants because they're all fantastic. Um, so I'm going to rank them four to one. So my least favorite restaurant on board was Royal Palace, which I have 31 out of 100. Um, so it's still very high. The food is very good there. Um, in particularly on Pirate Night, I had a jerk chicken, which was delicious. Um, the food is all very good. It, it probably, I would say... And I'll talk about this after. Probably the best food on board um, outside of Palo. But it was just fantastic. The food was all very good. The ambiance lacks a little bit. Feels a little bit more of your typical cruise dining room. But nonetheless, very good. Number three, I was a little surprised to have this this low. Um, but it's Animator's Palette. I have it 30 out of 100. Animator's Palette probably was my least favorite food on ship. Again, the food was still very good. I just didn't ever have anything that really stood out to me. Um, I had a pasta, di a, uh, a bolognese dish on our second night, which was very good. Um, it's just I felt like I had things at Royal Palace and Enchanted Garden and Palo that I enjoyed more. However, the ambiance at Animator's Palette is fantastic. I mean, it's... It's truly one of the most beautiful Disney restaurants I've ever been in. Um, it's super nice. It feels so Disney from the Mickey chairs to seeing your favorite characters come to life on the screens. Um, it's just amazing. I have that at 30 out of 100. <laughs> Number two and my favorite rotational dining was actually Enchanted Garden, which a lot of people, this is their least favorite. Um, and I want to preface that I said Royal Palace has the best food, and I'm understanding that I probably just ordered all of the right things at Enchanted Garden um, because I felt like everything – the things that I got in Enchanted Garden were just fantastic. Um, the beef tenderloin medallions with hash browns were really good. Probably – and I don't want to say probably. It was my favorite meal that I got at one of the rotational dinings. 
And they also have the sticky date pudding, which is one of my favorite desserts I've ever had on Disney property and my favorite dessert on this trip. Um, so it, it was just very, very good. Again, it doesn't stand out too, too much more. I have it at 29 out of 100. Um, the ambiance was great. The food was great. Um, all these restaurants are really great. But that's how I have it. So out of the rotational dinings, Enchanted Garden, Animator's Pal Royal Palace. But my number one top dining on the Disney Dream was Palo. I had heard about Palo Brunch forever. Everyone raving about it. Everyone talking about just how good Palo Brunch is. And it lives up to all the hype. The service is incredible. The food is delicious. Um, Though, you know, you have incredible views of the ocean. It is near perfect brunch. Um, I have it as six out of a hundred. It is one of my favorite Disney meals of all time. It's just as an Italian who loves Italian food, loves good service. This to me was blew away my expectations. I always kind of questioned what made this restaurant so good and being able to experience it, experience the level of service. I mean, in my life, I had never experienced service like this before. Um, the food was phenomenal. I mean, it, you know, it's up there with the best of the best. It's up with the Ohana, with the La Hacienda. It was just so good. Um, Palo Brunch is going to be something that I have to experience every time I go on a Disney cruise because it's just, it's just incredible. It really is. It it was fantastic. Um, so if you ever do a Disney cruise, make sure you do Palo Brunch because it is remarkable. Now let's move on to the entertainment. This was the part of the cruise that I was most excited for um, and really where I think Disney Cruise Line could shine. Um, and in moments they did, in moments they didn't. Um, and that's, that's okay. Um, there is, you know, there's a lot of entertainment between every night has at least one type of show. Um, every night has at least one type of show whether that be at the pool deck with characters or whether that be with um, in the Walt Disney Theater. Um, there's a lot. And also, before I continue to get into entertainment, because I forgot a few food things that I forgot to mention, um, their smoothies at Frozen Treats, not worth it. We also got gelato at Vanilla Pea Sweet Treats where you get a cool little uh, go-kart that comes with as a souvenir. Not worth it, but it does look really cool. Anyways, I digress. Back to entertainment. So you always have a show. There's characters meeting all over. And there's entertainment for children, for teens, for adults. I mean, there's a lot. Um, so first off, just generally speaking about the different age groups, the children on board have the Oceaneer Club, which is located on Deck 5. And it's cool. I mean, there is a an area of the Millennium Falcon. Um, there's a Toy Story area, which we actually got to meet Jesse on the first day, which was really cool. If you're an adult, highly recommend just walking through there on day one to be able to see it because it's really cool looking. Um, teens also have, I think it's called the Edge. So there is a lot of space for, you know, children. Then the 18 Up crowd. Um, I was happy to know that there was a lot for them. Um, the whole pool deck has a area dedicated just to adults, and it's big. It's three levels, two pools, um, I think two hot tubs. There was a lot. 
And we actually spent a lot more time in there than I thought we would just to get away from the kids, be in a little bit more relaxed environment. Um, and it was really nice. Also, they have an area called the district, which the district was awesome. It is on the, uh, on the fourth floor. And it's basically an area that turns into the whole nightlife area for adults. It includes bars, a champagne bar, and the nightclub, um, which is also where they had bingo and the comedy club. It was really nice. And it was cool because at night from 1030 to 1130 every night, they had like little snacks. So I, I like to call it drunk food. Um, but it was it was just really neat. I probably didn't stay in there as much as I wanted to Um just based off of at times we felt like the staff in there could be a little bit salesy with drinks. You just constantly were pampered like, do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? Um, but overall, I thought the area was really, really cool. So if you're wondering if there's things for adults to do, there's plenty. Um, and we definitely took advantage of it. But really the things that for me were important were um, meet and greets and live entertainment. And there's plenty of it. Um, so when, when you first take off, there's a sail away party, which was cute. All the characters come and they sing a song and it's really catchy. Um, and it's a nice way it's right on the pool deck and they actually cover the pool with like this, like flooring. It's done really well. It's a nice way for you to see all the characters on the very first day. Um, and then followed by that night, we had the Golden Mickeys, which the Golden Mickeys is probably one of my favorite Disney shows of all time now. It is basically about a um, – it's about a an award show for Disney movies um, held by a host who feels she's not worthy of hosting the event. And it's just beautiful. The finale is beautiful. It was really well done, and they really deck out the whole Walt Disney Theater for it. And the Walt Disney Theater is, actually feels like a Broadway production. All of the entertainment that was there, the Golden Mickeys, Beauty and the Beast, Disney's Believe, were phenomenal. I mean, just those shows alone are worth a Disney cruise because they are, they're incredible. They're really, really well done. Um, then the next day we had – and sorry, we also did a, uh, a family time game show where you get to – you have like an adult and a child and they get to – basically the – the host will ask a question and um, about the family to see how well they know each other. And it was cool. There was a few games like that. At the, it's called the D Lounge, including Mouseketeer Madness, where it's like a Mickey trivia. Um, so there's a lot of like smaller pieces of entertainment as well. Um, going on to Tuesday night. Tuesday night was our Castaway Key night, which I'll talk about Castaway Key later on in the show. Um, but it was our Halloween party. This was probably for me like the biggest letdown maybe of the cruise was not having a full extravagant entertainment piece for Halloween, considering it's Halloween on the high seas. Um, we did get one piece of entertainment, which is Mickey Mouse's Mickey. It's Mickey's Mouse Grade Party, which is on the pool deck. It is basically a little dance party where all of the Disney characters come out in their Halloween costumes. Um, it was cute. There's trick or treating too. So I thought the atmosphere on this night was amazing. Tuesday night probably was my favorite because we were at Castaway Key. We were celebrating Halloween, a lot of great character meet and greets. I just really wish there was more entertainment involved. Um, Wednesday night we saw Beauty and the Beast, which is a live action 
Broadway. It's basically a Broadway show based off the 2017 live action. And it was, it was really good. The production was great. The cast was excellent. Um, I probably, I wish that Beauty and the Beast wasn't the show. Um, I love Beauty and the Beast. It's probably my favorite princess movie. Um, outside of probably Aladdin, but it just feels like the story's overused and I would have liked to see something else, um, something else used in the, in, you know, that's Disney related. And that's what I loved about Disney's believing the golden Mickey's is there's a lot of characters that don't get a lot of exposure that you see in these shows. Um, golden Mickey's includes hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, I forget some of the other characters, but, and I'll talk about Disney's Believe in a little bit, but there's characters that you don't see that often um, that are used in the movie, uh, in these shows, and it's really cool. Then heading over on Pirate Night. Um, Pirate Night includes a, a Mickey's, Pi- Mickey's Pirates in the Caribbean, which is basically a show where they are bringing everyone to their pirate crew. Um, and then Smee and Captain Hook try and take over the ship where they're unsuccessful. So that was a cute, fun little show, um, followed by later that night, Buccaneer Blast, which is kind of like a hoop de doo theme, but pirates theme, um, followed by Fireworks, which Fireworks is like, goes for five minutes. It's fun. It makes for a really cool atmosphere that night, honestly. Um, and then lastly, Disney's Believe, which was incredible. It's about a father who does not believe in magic and his daughter does and basically the genie helps him through this journey to you know help him believe in magic and it includes scenes where you see mary poppins flying on the stage uh peter pan flying over stage uh merlin comes on the genie by the way is fantastic he is so funny in this um it it's just great. It was an emotional story. Very well done. The production was just incredible. Um, and then the cruises finished off with a see a real soon show with video highlights of the trip and characters saying good night, basically, as you're preparing to unfortunately leave the ship. Um, now character meet and greets. I will say the meet and greets on board are incredible. Um, we met, if I can even remember, we met Mickey Mouse multiple times, Minnie Mouse, Goofy, Chippendale, Jack and Sally, the Sanderson sisters, which included uh, Minnie, Daisy, and Clarabelle, um, Captain Hook and Smee. I think I mentioned Jesse already. And the the lines are only like 10 to 15 minutes long. Oh, add Stitch there. Um, they were great. When we were, I dressed up as Smee for Pirate Night and... um. I made a comment to Captain Hook that, you know, I'll, you know, I'll join them as one of his servants. And he was telling me I had to kiss his hand and he was very adamant about that. Um, but my favorite character meet and greets by far, I mean, Jack and Sally are always fantastic. They got a kick out of seeing my leg tattoo. Um, the Sanderson sisters were really cool because you could feel the excitement from everyone. Um, this was a Disney Cruise Line exclusive meet and greet. You can't actually meet the Sanderson sisters the way they are anywhere else. Um, so it was really nice to experience that. And then Chip and Dale were great. They were arguing over whose costumes were better. So 
The meet and greets, I mean, Lindsay probably didn't care as much about it as I did, but I thought they were all so fun, so entertaining. Um, You guys will see, I'll end up posting probably every uh, meet and greet on Instagram at some point this week as I showcase, you know, everything from the cruise, but they were amazing. I mean, if you're someone who likes to meet characters, you you would love you would love going on a Disney cruise. But I have to rank them. I have to rank the shows so that way you can understand how I feel about them. So I did it by the eight major shows, um, with number eight being the See You Real Soon Goodbye show. Nothing really special about this. I probably shouldn't even classify it as a show. Um, it's really a final chance for the characters to meet the guests and for them to say goodbye as they watch a video highlight. So it was cute, but nothing really to it. Number seven is Mickey's Mousquerade Party. This, again, was probably my the most disappointing one that I had seen. Um, it really is just a dance party with some Halloween music. I would have liked more, you know, including villains. And they have villains on board that they could have did this with. Uh, Cruella shows up in the Golden Mickeys. So would have liked to have seen more of a show versus a dance party. But it was great for the kids. Number six is the Sail Away Party. Nothing crazy, but this one feels a little bit more of a show with music and dancing. And um, the Sail Away song is really catchy. So... Also, I think the vibes here are great because you're getting ready to leave, to start your vacation, and it's just really fun and an iconic show for Disney Cruise Line. Number five is Mickey's Pirates in the Caribbean. Um, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Um, I, I could understand why they went the route of, you know, Mickey and the gang or training pirates in the audience and Captain Hook and Smee come and try to take over the ship. There's a lot of videos, too, uh, on the screen of Captain Hook and Smee running around the ship. It, it, it's just fun. A very fun show. Number four is Buccaneer Blast and Club Pirate. Um, the show is very hoop de doo like and they bring guests up on stage and are very interactive in how they're talking. Um, and then there's fireworks, which f- there's only one cruise line at that sea that does fireworks, and that's Disney Cruise Line. So that was awesome to experience. Um, just it was really, really cool. And then it's followed by like a little like nightclub with fun dancing after the uh, after the fireworks are over. But now I get into my top three. And these are all shows at the Walt Disney Theater. And before I get into them, I also before I forget um, the Disney Dream and I believe mo- most if not all the Disney ships also have a movie theater on board at Lake Buena Vista Theater. Um, so there was movies like Hocus Pocus 2 in there, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and they actually play movies that, let's say, I when uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever came out, was there. Um, I could watch that on board the moment it comes out, um, which, is, uh, which is really cool that they have it. We didn't actually watch a movie just because I basically live at AMC. I didn't feel like I wanted to be there while I was at sea on a cruise. Um, although Funnel Vision, which is the, um, which is the, basically the screen near the pool, um, that some we did catch part of Mary Poppins Returns the last night, and I did watch Finding Nemo for a little bit uh, while we were in Cosmo. 
But all right, let's get back to our shows. We can talk about the pool stuff after. Um, number three is Beauty and the Beast. The cast is incredible. It's Broadway style, so it's fantastic. It just feels like this show is overused, and it just – I would have probably preferred a different – show than beauty and the beast but it's very good very enjoyable very much feels like you're at a broadway show um the cast is excellent it, it, it's a great show no complaints about the show it's more so personally i would rather something that's not beauty and the beast number two number one were hard number two i'm going with the golden mickeys and it was close i loved how the golden mickeys replicated iconic scenes from disney movies um on screen in the theater. It was done really, really well. Um, the finale is definitely the best finale on board um, with Pyrotechnics and Mickey and Minnie. It was beautiful. But the reason why it's number two is because number one's Disney's Believe. Um, this is an emotional story that basically leads you to um, – it, it kind of really hits parents more than anything. But um, sometimes it discusses how – you know, sometimes parents are so worked up and worried about things going on in their own life that they forget to experience life with their children as they're growing up. Um, and the genie's hilarious. So you get that awesome comedic funniness to him. Um, that almost feels like cat in the hat. Like it, it really is great. Like it, I don't think I've laughed so hard at a Disney show before. Um, while also adding so much magic to it. I mean, like Mary Poppins and Peter Pan flying across stage. That was awesome. Um, that's something that I'll never forget. It was really, really cool to see that. Um, and then you got like the fairy godmother that comes out. You got Blue. I mean, it just is such an awesome story. And there's, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of scenes that, you know, you you get emotional. Um, I mean, the shows on, on the Disney Dream were just they're all incredible. Um, Disney's Believe in Golden Mickey's, to me, are, are next level. They're probably up there with Mickey and the Magical Map for, like, my favorite live-action shows of all time because they're just – they're incredible. I did briefly talk about the pool, so I feel like I have to talk about the aqueduct. Um, yes, Disney – the Disney Dream has a – like a almost like a water coaster, and it's really fun. Um, goes above the top deck. You – Get to see, you know, all the surrounding area, um, which is cool when you're in the middle of the ocean and you're just looking around at the ocean while you're on a water slide. Um, easily the best water slide that I've been on a cruise. It just, it's, it doesn't even compare. It was so fun. Um, I wish that the pools in the main area were bigger. Um, they're very small and also because it's the main area, there's so many kids in them. So you don't really... Like, I would have liked to utilize those more if I could. Um, it was just always packed with kids, and fortunately, it just drives you to, you know, unless you have kids yourself, you just end up finding yourself in the adult section. So let's talk about that adult section. I briefly talked about the district earlier, um, which had bingo there. It had, they had com a comedy show, which I understand it's Disney, so it's it's tamer than other cruise lines would have. Um, still funny, but tamer, you know, it's not, not what you would see on like a carnival or a Royal. Um, but it was funny. Uh, they did a silent dance party a lot of nights. We didn't really go to, um, it, I will say if you're looking to like party and have this club life, 
you're not going to have that. This is going to be more of your like classy upscale bars um, that will be there that are all really nice. Um, but I did love the adults only like pool area. Really nice, really relaxing, um, really gives you the cruise feel and kind of takes away the Disney feel that you, you would see. Now, let me get to the service. Um, I know people rave about service on Disney Cruise Line, as they should. But I will say, I think the service is just as good on Disney Cruise Line that it is on any cruise line. Um, outside of Palo, Palo was exceptionally, like, by far the best service I've ever experienced on a Disney cruise. And there were certain things, too, that I saw that were above and beyond. When we were getting ready to board the ship um, on our first day, someone shoreside was, you know making magic for all the guests waiting to get on the ship. Um, I really like that housekeeping actually comes to introduce themselves, ask, you know, kind of some of your plans and come to, you know, take care of your room at the time, you know, the best time that works for you. So that was really nice. But overall, I felt like the service was just as good as any other cruise line. Um, that's not a knock on Disney Cruise Line whatsoever because the service was still fantastic it's more so I don't know if I would expect anything more or less than other cruise lines. Um, cruise line service is always exceptional and doesn't change with Disney Cruise Line. Um, I guess I should talk about, you know, our room. So we actually, when we got to the port, we upgraded to a balcony. That was kind of our game plan the whole time. We figured we would get there and, you know, look to see if we could upgrade to a veranda, which the process was extremely easy. Um, luckily there was only 2000 guests on our, uh, ship when the cruise can hold up to 4,000. So the whole cruise was really empty, which was nice. We, some cruises that I've been on, my mom would wake up at like 8am to get a spot near the pool. Um, you would find spots at 1pm on this cruise. It was really nice, uh, to have that experience and not feel so rushed to get up and go. Um, it was very nice, very relaxing, um, but the room is nice. It was spacious. They had all of my favorite H2O Glow products. Um, I wish they had a Disney Cruise Line like channel to watch late at night. But you do get access to all the Disney movies um, from your room, which is really nice. So it's a little bit more spacious than most cruise lines. You get a separate... So you have... Instead of having the bathroom and the shower connected, you actually have a separate bathroom and a separate shower room with two sinks which that's huge on cruises because um, normally you have a very, very tight space with the bathroom and shower. And depending who you're with, you might not be able to use those at the same time. So it just takes up some of the time to get ready. Um, so that was really, really nice. Now let's go downstairs to merchandise. Um, Disney Cruise Line has some great merch. I'll say that. I ended up walking away with a spirit jersey, an ornament from Castaway Key, and from the ship, magnets, a t-shirt. I mean, there was a lot to purchase. Um, I really love the spirit jersey they have uh, for like each ship. It's basically the Disney Cruise Line logo uh, in the right-hand corner on the front. And the back is the whole Disney Dream um, art, which was just a beautiful spirit jersey. Um, merchandise, if you wanted like that spirit jersey... You definitely want to purchase it. Um, you want to purchase it early on on the cruise. But other than that, everything was pretty available throughout the rest. 
I will say Castaway Key merchandise on the island wasn't as great. Um, but on the ship, there's some really good merchandise. I just, I didn't want to buy it all. Now, before I get to Castaway Key, uh, before I forget this one, there's also one other piece of entertainment, which I totally forgot about. And that's the pumpkin tree lighting. Um, so I mentioned that we went on the Disney cruise for Halloween on the high seas and they actually have a pumpkin tree in the lo- in the lobby atrium. Um, which the lobby atrium on the Disney Dream is beautiful. And I'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but they actually have a little story where um, a gentleman comes and helps light the tree. And it's really, really fun. Um, it's, it's a show that I, you know, probably didn't appreciate as much as I should have. Because it just, it was fun. It was a really nice start to the cruise. And really kicked off the vibes uh, in the, you know, in the lobby. So, but going back to Castaway Key, Disney's private island. Um, I had heard great things about Castaway Key going into this, uh, into this cruise. And I probably think that it's probably a little overhyped. Um, Castaway Key was great. I had a great time there. It's beautiful. However, I don't know if it's like anything like out of the ordinary for like a private island for a cruise. Um, I think certain things they do really well. Um, and certain things are very similar to what you would see elsewhere. Um, I loved that they had a 5K route. And yes, you can get medals. Um, so I thought that was a lot of fun. That was the first thing I did. Got off the boat. Um, probably should have known to take the shuttle to where the 5K was. Because I basically walked to 5K to get there. Um but it was a beautiful run in the morning. Really nice, really relaxing. Um, Love the medal that I was able to get at the end of the, you know, at the end of the race. Um, but in terms of everything else, it, it's a good, Castaway Key is perfect for relaxing. They do have some really cool activities. Um, they have a water slide, which is cool, which some other cruise line private islands have as well. Um, we specifically did snorkeling where you got to actually see Disney characters underwater, like Mickey, Minnie, Prince Eric, Dumbo. That was really cool. I didn't realize how exhausting snorkeling was, um, but it's worth it. I think, you know, I feel like it's something you have to do at Castaway Key at least once. Um, but it was really cool. But other than that, I mean, it's just a really nice island. I wouldn't say it's anything extravagant um the merchandise is very limited there's not really much there are a lot of activities um jet skiing they have swimming with stingrays um i just i liked relaxing on the beach there and the snorkeling was cool um obviously i love doing the 5k too but um it it almost feels very similar to typhoon lagoon honestly um you know i think the theming is that there's a shipwreck on the island and they build up the island from there. Um, one thing I was very disappointed was the food on Castaway Key. I know a lot of people really hyped up Cookie's Barbecue, which is on Castaway Key. I didn't think it was that good, honestly. Um, I thought the ribs were solid. The chocolate chip cookie and the brown, really all the desserts on the island were great. But I thought the food was just okay. Um, I was a bit disappointed to to experience the food and everyone rave about it and say, Oh, you're going to want more. You're going to want more and not really want more. 
Um, that was actually the first time I experienced the banana uh, soft serve ice cream, so I was happy about that. But just the food in general was – it was okay. Um, another thing that I really liked, though, that I got drink-wise was they have like an Olaf and Sven sipper that they sell on the island with mocktail options, which I got one which was really good. Um, so there, there are some cool things. Definitely, I think – Drink-wise and dessert-wise, they have some cool options. I just don't think the food was anything special. Um, and it is cool because they do build like a like a walkway throughout the whole island. Um, like I had already mentioned, there's tram service throughout the whole island. It's broken up into different areas. So you have like um, – you have the main area with the main shops and a lot of the activities. Then you have like the really beachy area where you could go in the water, the water slide – um, and then you have Serenity Bay, which is the adults-only section. We did spend a little bit of time at the end of the day at Serenity Bay. At Serenity Bay, I wasn't really a fan because I personally like to be in the middle of all the action, and I felt like Serenity Bay is like what you would see on commercial. And some people might love this, but like commercials and just like total relaxation, total quietness. Um, and if that's your vibe, that's cool, and you probably would love it. For me, I. I wanted to go back to the action. I really liked being in the middle of everything, being able to walk and do whatever else that I wanted to, um, having that as an option. So Castaway Key was a lot of fun. Um, it's a great place to go. What's really cool is that if you do a Disney cruise uh, out of Florida, there's a very good chance that's one of your uh, spots. And it's in the Bahamas, so um, it's not far at all. I mean, it was our second day on the cruise and we were already there. So, um, yeah, it's a cool place. Can't say I feel the same way about it as other people do. Um, but still a beautiful Island. Now just some miscellaneous things, uh, process of embarkation day going onto the ship and also debarkation day. Um, getting on the ship is so easy. Um, I haven't been on a cruise since pre COVID. So, and I should guess I should mention, yes, like when you go to the dining rooms, they make sure everyone washes their hands before they um, before they, you know, go into the into the buffet area um, or go into the dining room. But getting onto the ship was super easy. They prepare you, make sure you have the De uh, the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app, which is a lifesaver. It has your uh, dinner, meals, drinks of the day, all the activities. It really is everything for you, which is great. Um, and there's Disney music playing as you're waiting for your cruise. And, um, it was just really, really, really easy. Like, I don't think I've had an experience where it was that easy to get on a ship before. And same thing when we got off, super easy, super smooth. What I love that Disney Cruise Line does is on your last morning, they actually have, um, where you can eat in your dining room with your servers one last time, um, which I thought was incredible. Like we ate at Animator's Palette our third time. We're served by our servers. And it was nice because it made the morning, A, it gives you one last thing to look forward to on a morning that everyone dreads on cruises, um, especially us. We were excited because it was Animator's Palette, which is a beautiful restaurant. Um and it was also, it's just nice because it spreads out the crowds. You don't have 
everyone piled up in the uh, in the lobby atrium. So it was really, really nice. I really I thought that was something that a lot of uh, a lot of cruises should learn from. So I asked on Instagram at Journey into Paul's Imagination, what do you guys want to know? I got three questions. Um, one I already answered, which what was my favorite restaurant on board? Palo. Palo is fantastic. It is a must-do. Um, I feel like when you're on Disney Cruise Line, you have to do it. If the, your ship, which I believe every ship has it, you have to do Palo Brunch. Um, the next one that I... The next two questions actually stumped me. One of them was my favorite themed night. Um, I was torn between two because I really love the Halloween vibe and I really love Pirates Night. <clears throat> in terms of entertainment, I'm going to go Pirates Night. Pirates Night just has so much in store um, from the Mickey's Pirates in the Caribbean to the fireworks to all of the characters. And this is one thing I forgot to mention. All of the characters for the... So it's... The first and the last day, all the characters are dressed up in their cruise line outfits. Um, the second and third day, all the characters are dressed up in their Halloween outfits. So, and you'll see this on my Instagram, uh, Chip and Dale, they are dressed up. I know one of them is in a can, uh, Evil Queen candy apple costume. Um, Goofy's dressed as a mummy. So it's really cool to see the way they dress up. And then on Pirate Night in particular, they're all dressed up as pirates. So even like Stitch, we got to meet in a pirate outfit, which was really cool. Um, however, and this is going to also lean into this something unexpected that I loved question. Um, even though I didn't love Mickey's Masquerade Party, the Halloween vibes are immaculate. Um, and I mean, it, it's really set up from day one with the pumpkin tree lighting. Um and let me explain this with the something unexpected that I loved. My favorite part of cruising has always been the pool deck. I always feel like that's the part of the ships that I like the most because you spend the most time there. This was different with the Disney Dream. I adored the lobby. If I was in the lobby, I was the happiest person on that ship because the lobby is beautiful. It's breathtaking. It gives me the feel that I get like on Main Street USA. Um, it was just beautiful. I loved looking at the pumpkin tree. The music is perfect, especially for Halloween on the high seas. You have really good Halloween music. Um, and that just played into why I think I really just enjoyed the Halloween night. Um, because I love the trick or treat vibes. I loved, even though I didn't love the show, I just loved that it was like kicking off Halloween on board. Um, they played Hocus Pocus 2 at the Walt Disney Theater. Um, and there were so many characters that were meeting that night in Halloween costumes. And everyone was dressed up. Um, Lindsay and I, we were Phineas and Isabel um, from Phineas and Ferb. And it just, there was a feel that I've never felt on a cruise before with that night. Um it felt like everyone was in it to celebrate together and it felt super united and it was just an awesome, awesome night. Um, I think if you're going to do a Disney cruise and this is just as someone who just did their first one, I think doing a holiday cruise is the way to go. <clears throat> I want to one day do like a Pixar day at sea, a Marvel day at sea, but experiencing Halloween 
Coming from Orlando where Walt Disney World, I always felt like lax with Halloween. It was really nice. Even though I didn't do a whole lot entertainment wise, just the overall feel and the decor of Halloween. So going back to something unexpected that I loved, I, I just love the lobby atrium. It's beautiful. The, you have the Donald, Captain Donald, or not Captain, but the Donald Duck cruise line attire statue in the lobby atrium. All of the hidden characters, and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And then it stems to so many different areas. The merchandise locations are downstairs that you can uh, visit from the lobby. Royal Palace is right there in the lobby. Um, the Walt Disney Theater is just a walk away and is also beautiful. There was <clears throat> so much that the lot, I don't know, the lobby just brought me happiness and I, I just loved it. It was just beautiful. And most people might say it just feels like a cruise lobby, but something about being in there, the chandeliers, it was just, it was beautiful. And I liked that they had small pieces of entertainment and they had live performers in there too as well that were really good. Um, it was great. I, I, Lindsay and I already talked about, we, I said I want to do, book an Alaskan Disney cruise line cruise already because I just had so much fun. But I will leave this question to end my podcast episode. And if you guys have any questions about Disney Cruise Line, about the Disney Dream, I'm not the expert, but I will answer based off of what my experience was. Um, a lot of people probably say, you know, what would you prefer, going to the parks or Disney Cruise Line? I don't think I can answer that after doing a cruise. Um, and I don't think there is an answer for that because I think it depends on the type of vacation that you want. What I love about the parks is the attractions, the mass entertainment. I mean, there's so much going on and it's massive. There's so much to do. Um, Disney Cruise Line, there's a lot to do, but it's a much more relaxing Disney trip. So if you're looking for a more relaxed Disney vacation, Disney Cruise Line is the perfect way to go. If you don't like waiting in lines, you're not really a ride person, um, Disney Cruise Line is the way to go. But if you love the attractions, you love, you know, the spectacles of fireworks and everything, like the parks are still the way to go. Um, as a Disney fan, I feel like both is the answer. I feel like as a Disney fan, you have to do a Disney cruise because they're, they're just different. It's a much different experience that I don't think you get <clears throat> anywhere else. I think Disney Cruise Line blows away its competitors. Um, but in terms of like what you'll get in the parks versus the cruise, it's different. Um, and I liked it. I, I liked the feeling of different, um, you know, I'm happy to know that I live in an area where Disney's right around the corner. Um, but I'll sure, sure miss being on my, uh, being on the Disney dream and experiencing that. So I had a blast talking about all this. I feel like it's probably so much I excluded, um, and I'm hoping this week, too, that <clears throat> as I post on Instagram, I can include tons of pictures from – I'm going to be doing basically – starting when I release this podcast episode, um, I'm going to be posting – basically, I will start as if today was my day one on the cruise and so forth all the way through on Thursday, which will I'll include my day five, so – Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
Don't worry, next week we will get back on track because there's a lot of park news. And also, it's Run Disney Wine and Dine Weekend, um, which I'll be running the 5K for that. So I'm excited. Um, still upset that this cruise is over. But um, I hope you all enjoyed me talking about it. I know that this episode, too, is released on a weird day. Um, I'm not going to be releasing another episode until next week, just with Wine and Dine Fantasmic releasing. Um, oddly enough, even coming off a Disney cruise, I have a lot of Disney stuff going on this week. Um, so, And I'll make sure to cover that, too, as we, uh, as we get you know later in the week and might have to interrupt my Disney Cruise Line posting to to post some phantasmic updates if I can. So, uh, adios, bon voyage, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week.